from Home Depot, man. All right. Okay. When can you come on the okay. pod? I'll be home in... 20, 30? I'll be home in like... No, I'll be ready in like 10 minutes. All right, we'll see you then. So see. the next call from you will be the podcast or what? No, you click on the Zoom link. It's 2021, dude. I sent you the Zoom link in a text. It's video. So... It's video? Yeah, comb your hair. Hey, I'm sweaty. All right. Okay, I'll see you in 10, 20. We'll see you, pal. Listen to this. Sakawani, the flying winger. Here's Brad Evans. It's Steve. It's Steve. Who is it? It's Brad Evans. <laughs> he again. Happy days are here again. Turning with a drive. It's Steve Zakawani. Evans with the left foot. He's an attacking threat, Brad Evans. This is so weird. The party has started. What's up, everyone? Welcome to Side by Side. It's another Thursday, and we're coming to you after a really great week for the Sounders so far, for the most part. You know, a couple of sour notes with the injuries, but we'll get to that. Um, two big games um, away from home, left um, with two massive wins. Massive, massive wins away to Portland. We'll talk about that in a little bit, and then we'll really touch on the win last night against San Jose. The team's flying, man, after five games. I I definitely didn't predict they would have done this well. And they're doing well with while overcoming adversity, missing players, having injuries, got to change formation, resting on a short week. It's been really fantastic to watch. And we'll preview, of course, the game this Sunday against LAFC. And at some point, I think Chad Marshall will join us. Um, Brad just called him and he was But who knows, from- right? Yeah, who knows? He said, he's on, he, said, he said he'll join, so we'll see. I don't know if it, he knows how to work a Zoom, but we'll see. That's what I was just... If we can figure out how to click on the Zoom link, then we're good. We should be good, but we'll see. We'll see. Um, Sunday. Let's start, let's start Sunday. Um, I know we all watched the game. Seattle going to Portland. Um, I don't think Portland's in rhythm yet. I, don't, I think they'll be a better team than they showed. That's to take nothing away from what Seattle did. I just don't think Portland is where they'll be at. They've had Champions League and other things, so they've struggled a bit, but... Impressions on the win for you guys. What's the impressions? Yeah, I think, you know, a a great win away from home. You'll take it. Um, Like you said, I don't think Portland's in the best form right now, and especially coming off of Champions League, Sounders took advantage. Um, I want to know your thoughts also on just Valeri aging, Chara aging, and is that the difference maker coming off Champions League and not being able to get a result at home? Because I think in years past, you see a Valeri that's able to do Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday, or whatever it is, right? Um, and really put forth, you know, two at least two games in a row for those guys. Um, yeah. Like, yeah. You yeah. saw Raul do it this week. You saw Sunday, Wednesday, uh, play 90 minutes in both games. Yeah. And you look at Portland and, you know, Valeri obviously played 90-90, but wasn't really able to perform at his top level and be that game changer at home that you would expect. Is that something that you guys noticed? I think he's slowed down for sure in the past couple of years. Um, you know, I played with him back for now it's going back five, six years ago, and he was fantastic then. I don't think he's that player now. He, back then, he could. I mean, he was goal, 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 played every minute, every game, always wanted the ball, could show for it. Um, his role's changed a bit there. I mean, at times he comes off the bench, doesn't start all the time. He's still probably their most important attacking player until Blanco comes back, but I think you're right. And his legs at this stage of his career, the miles he's put on them, going to Mexico, 
flying back, landing late, having to turn around Sunday afternoon. I think it was a bit much for him. It didn't look like the Valeria we'd seen um, in years past, even as recently as last season. Charles is a different case. He can run all day. It doesn't bother him. Um, I've never, well, I have, Alonso, um, seen a player like that who they, they just run and he can cover all the ground he wants to in a game. It doesn't affect him. Um, in training, you don't really notice him. You don't know that he's there. But as soon as the game comes, he was the first one um, you could count on. So I think he's more fine. Valeri's struggling. But what I will say is maybe something the Sounders have done well, and it can be controversial, but they've done well, that the Timbers haven't, is knowing when to move on from your star players, um, knowing when to move on from Aussie, when to move on from Clint. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And... If a team in 2021 is still built around the two Diego's, I don't think that team's going to um, make too much noise in MLS. That's what I would say. But still a massive win for the Sounders. We talked a bit on a broadcast about this, but the whole penalty... Um, I screamed when that happened. I just like literally I was watching on TV and I just screamed. I was like, <laughs> how did that happen? I- I'm curious what you guys thought. So, because first of all, I didn't feel that guy would miss two in a row. Valeri, he's not a player that misses two penalties in a row. He did, but... Just your thoughts on the whole sequence. And I think Sounders got a penalty like two minutes later, right? I'm just going to fit this in really quick. I was just proud of myself because I knew immediately that the second time he scored it, that it wasn't actually a goal. So thank you for all the soccer IQ books that I've been reading. I knew the rule (laughs) and I was really proud of myself for that. So That is actually really impressive because we talked about it on the broadcast last (laughs) night. And the question was, would I have known that... I couldn't touch the ball. And I think when your emotions are high, I think you probably just swing at it out of frustration oh, for sure. too. For and you're sure. like, wait, because you would think that Valeri takes penalties on the regular for them. He's what, 35 years old? Yeah, 34, 35 years old. Yeah. You would think that he would know the rules by now, right? But I think that you're so amped up. You're just like, hey, the ball came back to me. I got to hit it. But someone brought up a good point on, on Twitter when that question was asked. It's like, well, wait, I shouldn't know because I've never missed. So I shouldn't know what it's like for the ball to come back to me. That's true. But all, all, all joking aside, like that is the stroke of luck that sometimes you need, um, yeah. Yeah. you know, to, to get out of a place for the result. If he scores that and it goes the other way, I think you probably don't leave there with any points, actually. Yeah. Because they'll yeah. just sit back. Yep. Totally. They'll sub on. They'll sub off Valeri. They'll, sit, you know, and play five, five, whatever it takes to get a result after coming off that Champions League loss. So, yes, luck, and Schmetz talked about it. Luck tends to even itself out by the course of the end of the year. So, but fair to him, and Ziggy would say that too, right? It's like you create your own luck. It's it's yeah. opportunity. It's uh, putting yourself in the right position to uh, to make a play and uh, throw off the, you know, ultimately Steph throwing off the, uh, the penalty kick taker. So, um, crazy how it just went back and forth within three minutes, penalty, 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 right? Yeah. That was yeah. crazy. You never, yeah. you never see that. That's just good Insane. stuff. Yeah. Uh, Diego uh, Valeri, sorry, he is 35 and he uh, actually shares a birthday with me. We have the same birthday. Oh, he does? Yeah. May 1st. Ah, okay. So he just turned, he just turned 35. Just turned 35. And you just turned 21. Thank you, Steve. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then last night, to, to be fair, I thought this would be the one that if the team lost, we could accept it because San Jose is rolling. They'd won three in a row. They just come off a massive win away at Salt Lake. We, we just seemed a little bit banged up. I mean, we're still running into form, into rhythm, and the coach made some changes. He rotated formation. And I felt like, you know, yeah, if we lose this one, you can maybe understand. But I thought the first half of the Sanders were unbelievable. 
I thought dominate the midfield. Uh, we'll talk about Christian in a little bit. I thought he was exceptional last night. I thought he was absolutely phenomenal last night. I thought Danny Laver played well. Kellen Rowe played well in the midfield. Um, but knew who, even though his switch position was still good. Backline for the most part was solid, especially in the first half. Second half waned a little bit, which is understandable. But Steph made what one big save, and Alex Rodan made one big save. So not really troubled at a very good team. So I mean, were you guys surprised? Honestly, it wasn't an easy win, no way. But was it much easier than it should have been? Or comfortable? I thought going into that game, looking at that lineup, that it was, like you said, I'll take a loss on that one, right? Because you're switching up players. Leva hasn't played in ages. So, yes, you can be really good in training. But until you step on the field and prove it, that's when you really prove yourself. And I thought that he was very good last night after yeah. not playing for what it's been his first start since last March, right over yeah. a year. Yeah. And to step in. And I think what he provides is, is a little bit more tenacity mm-hmm. than Atencio. They're two very different players. Atencio has a size and a strength and probably covers a little bit more ground, but I think um, Leva provides that bite. You see him, he's, he's like the player that is just always so lucky. You think it's luck. Because yeah, the ball yeah. tends to always bounce his way, right? He he pokes and he stabs and he he almost pesters the opposing team. But like we said before, you create your own luck. And by doing that, the continuous just pressure, 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 you're generally going to end up on the right side of the ball. And uh, the, the movement in the first half. But I'm, I'm interested to know, and I would love to talk to Schmetz and, and Kellen also, because I, I saw it twice when there was, a, there was a throw in. The camera angle from the sideline is Kellen put up, this to Schmetz, and I don't know what he meant by three fingers. They, they hmm. maybe they thought that San Jose was going to come with like four in the back traditional, and then maybe they switched to three in the back at some point. Yeah. So it allowed Kellen to drop into the midfield and really absorb pressure in the midfield. Because, like we said, he found himself out wide left, it looked like yeah. six in the back, and then he was the point offensively, and then he was a defensive midfielder at points. So I had no idea how the Sounders were even playing in the first half, but it worked really well. Yeah. Now, San Jose has enough pieces to say we've got Tommy Thompson, who's been there a long time. We've got Salinas, who still has that never-say-die attitude. And Wando, right? They still have that Goonies never-say-die attitude. Mm-hmm. And you knew that they were going to come out and just be flying in the second half. And, and they proved to be the better team, um, almost desperate to, 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 score, to score a goal. And Sounders held tight defensively. A couple casualties, unfortunately, yeah. uh, for the Sounders. Casey Keller felt the goalkeeper should have done better on Christian Rodon's goal. Now, I'm in no way going to question Casey's goalkeeping yeah. expertise. I just thought it was a fantastic strike. Yeah. <laughs> he hit the ball <laughs> so well. Casey felt the ball went in the middle of the goal and the keeper dove a bit low. And maybe, I don't know the technicalities of goalkeeping, but Christian's first touch to bring it across his body. And he even told us in the post game when Brad and I spoke of him that he didn't know he could hit the ball that hard with his left foot. Because he hit that ball Perfect. really well. It's unbelievable. So, good goal or bad goalkeeping or both? Every single goal that Christian Roldan has scored that I have watched has looked like that. Maybe not right. on his left foot, but if you he doesn't score often, but anytime he does score, it's just a banger from yeah. way outside. Like, if you go back and watch all those highlights, it's crazy. that The one way that he scores is like yeah. this incredible moment every time. I mean, his his touch is that's a national team player. Yes, like that that is what you expect from a guy who's going to who who really wants to prove himself. 
I think, you know, we talk a lot about Schmetz and not getting the accolades um, for him coaching so well and, and being mm-hmm. his team being so successful. And there's still not a lot of talk about Christian. And I think they're in the same boat that yeah. they're just always, they're always going to be on that rung a little bit lower. It's because they're not flashy. If Schmetz showed up in a, you know, a bright pink suit and the hair flipped <laughs> over to the side and he had tattoos, he'd yeah. be the most, most talked about coach in MLS. Yeah, But the fact that he just is studious, he comes to the game every training. He's so consistent. He never yeah. says anything in the press. Yeah, He never yeah. ruffles feathers. He just like goes about his business, workmanlike, blue collar. Yeah. It's the same exact thing for Christian. Yeah. The guy wears, you know, a white shirt with black pants to every single game. Same yeah. haircut, you know, yeah. no tattoos, no, um, you know, I mean, he has flair on the field, but it's not like he's doing yeah. step overs and all that stuff. He just right. is blue collar, workmanlike attitude. And it goes overlooked by those outside of, you know, the real soccer IQ, I yeah. think. Yes, they're soccer fans. But if you ask a, a, a fan in Philly and they're like, oh, would you put Ali Bedoya over Christian Roldan? And they'd say, yeah, for sure. Because right. he's proven himself. It's like, for me, no way. I'll take, you know, Roldan over over Ali. So I think it's just it's just a product of who they are, unfortunately. Um, but in, yeah. in terms of the goalkeeping, though, mm. I mean, Casey is obviously world-class, so he's going to save that shot. I've seen Casey save that shot. Oh, yeah. Easily. We've been yeah. in front of him where right. the ball a- – yeah. anything in Casey's vicinity <laughs> here within, save. I would yeah. say, at least six inches <laughs> to a foot, Casey is going to save yeah. no problem. And yeah. and I told you guys before, he's better than – I've done training training with all the other top goalkeepers. He's the best. Tim, yeah. you know, Brad Guzan, all those guys. And Casey is by far in finishing the best goalkeeper that I've ever come up against. Yeah, yeah. And so, yes, he can absolutely sit there and say that keeper should have done better. Than. <laughs> you know, he's Casey. I'm glad you said that. He was his first two, I mean, first couple of years. He was unbelievable. Unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Trained so hard as well. I remember in training, it was so hard to score against him. So I agree with that. Um, on Christian's point, so I agree with you because I did a column for MNS last night. And essentially what I said was, I said, look, I don't think he's the best player on the team. But if you want to talk about most valuable, you're talking the best players is Nico or Raul. Take your pick. Yeah. The most yeah. valuable, Nico, Raul, Steph, or, or Christian. You can take your pick from it. He has to play because he fills so many roles and he plays them all at a very, very high level. And I even went, went, went one step further and said, I think now I would consider him the best draft pick in Sounders history. Now, let me be honest. If I didn't get injured, if I played longer, my money's on myself without question. But yeah. That's not the way it went. And he's been there long enough now that you came as a 16th pick and you've got time slash DP value. I think it's been fantastic. Is that Chad? No, that was my phone. Sorry, guys. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I think, and I think he's a national team level player. Is he going to start with some of the guys they have now? Maybe not. But if you're Greg Berhalter, you're taking one guy to play three roles at a very high level. Why wouldn't you? So I think he belongs there. Um, in terms of MLS midfielders, you know, on the ball ability, you know, there's still guys that take over him, you know, at Nagby or at Tuesta, but the roles he can play and what he does, he, he's very undervalued. He's a fantastic, fantastic footballer, very smart, very humble as well. And yeah, I think he's underrated. I really think he is. So he's been for me the player of the season so far. I think knew who's running him close, but Christian, is, it's almost expected, so you don't talk about it. And I think we should. And I think he's getting his flowers deservedly because um, he's, he, he was fantastic last night. And the goal topped it off. But it's the brother that made the headlines. How good was Alex Rodan in goal? 
like he he Dude, had to he make saves. Awesome. He had to actually make saves. I couldn't believe it. I so the only other time <laughs> like I could think about a player being in goal was Mike McGee, LA Galaxy yes. in San Jose. Yes. And Mike yes. McGee made some fantastic <laughs> saves in San Jose. So it's like, and you know, when you go to San Jose, you're going to get, they're going to yeah. get opportunities. Yeah. I think if there was 15, 20 minutes more, yeah, they probably score, but yeah. he did so good coming into the game. I mean, it's a terrible situation, yeah. but you get out of there with three points. Now I would rather have a seven, nothing loss and have stuff healthy, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not what happened. And Alex yeah. stepped up, and I don't think anyone could have asked for a, a better situation than that. There's just like was, no fear when he came in. Like it's just like he was just like, "No, nope, this is it. I got this." No. And that the first one, I mean, he got crushed by something. Yule crushed yeah. into him, but that's hard for a real goalkeeper. Like a bounce, crossing board, bodies running in your way, it bounces right in front of you, and he did so well. Like how, did, how did he know to keep his <laughs> hands and chest here so that he could push the ball out? Normally, someone is going to catch it with their hands out in yeah. front of them, but he knew yeah. to keep his hands down and bump. So he must be watching goalkeeper tape. Yeah, it's unbelievable. No, fair, fair play to him. All credit to him. Um, I think we are being joined by the legend, um, Chad Marshall, shortly. I, I know he didn't watch the game, I'm sure. We can ask him, but I doubt <laughs> Oh, yeah, he did. Oh, you watched he watched the game? Texting me. Yeah, he was texting okay. me. I don't think he watched the second half. Okay, so he, he missed the drama. Um, I watched it. Second half? <laughs> yeah. Turn on your video. I thought I did. No, we want to see your face, man. I literally just ran into a tree. Like, <laughs> <laughs> dude, I clicked. I clicked it. I'm so bad at this. Yeah. <laughs> tell, what's up? tell us about this tree. Came out of nowhere, huh? My wife was like, oh, I need mulch. She's all of, all of a sudden she has this huge green thumb. So she's like, I need mulch. So I did a quick Home Depot run before the podcast. And I'm trying to get the mulch out of the car so it doesn't smell terrible. And I thought I thought I was clear of the tree, but I came up and it rocked me, dude. I was, I was, bleeding, I was bleeding pretty good a little bit ago. From your head? Yeah. Do, do right we need here, to do like a concussion protocol or something? Like make sure <laughs> think- you're good. I think I can remember the the seven words or whatever it is. <laughs> apple, 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 con- concussion, head. Yeah. Well, that's um, num- that's number twenty five for you. Mark that one. Down. <laughs> oh man. Um, Chad, you watched the game last night, the whole game. I did. Yeah. Um, what do you think of Alex Rodan in goal? We're just talking about it. I thought it was incredible. Like they, <laughs> yeah. they showed. It, was, it didn't seem like he was nervous at all. It was just like, yeah, give me the gloves. Let's go. It was great. It's almost like he brought awesome. his own pair of gloves, too. Yeah. <laughs> he was, like, not even, like, a hint of hesitation. It was like, all right, yeah, let's go. It's crazy. <laughs> I would have I would have been freaking out. <laughs> oh, I love it. Um, what have you been up to in retirement? I don't think we know. Maybe Brad knows. I don't know. I don't really think I know. <laughs> I'm just like, just being a dad, doing some house projects, I mow the lawn occasionally, you know? Redid the hardwood floors. Yeah, I got some new flooring going in. It's not done, of course, because that's, that's just how I roll. Um, but yeah, just doing, doing things, <laughs> trying to stay busy, trying to figure out what, 
cryptocurrency is, you know? <laughs> we were talking about that last week. Like none yeah. of us understand it at all. Yeah. Oh, what's a no. what's a Dogecoin? <laughs> Apparently I need Dogecoin. What's a crypto? <laughs> what's a crypto? Oh man. Yeah, we want to um talk a little bit about just the the new defensive shape for the Sounders. Um the three five two. Have you played in a in a three five two ever? Yeah, so my my first couple of years in Columbus, that's what we played. Um, Who was it? Like you, you attack in a three five two, but kind of defend in like the five three two. You know, right? Um, Who were the center backs? Yeah, we kind of played like we kind of had like a sweeper and then like two like marking backs, but essentially it was like three center backs, same same kind of thing. But were you in the right or the left? Or I was center? the left. Oh, you were left I was I was on the left, and that's why I was left-footed in FIFA my entire career. <laughs> <laughs> and they never switched. Chad would take penalties in FIFA with his left foot. <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> never uh, changed it. Uh, does it change much from obviously speaking to you? And I would say you I don't know how you feel about this, but probably for me, along with Eddie Pope, the top MLS defender of all time. Um, does it matter much playing in a two defensive or three? Is it, does it change your game much? Like, I want to know from a defender. I don't know about defending. So from a defender's perspective, how much does it change how you actually play the game? Uh, I, I actually, it actually, I don't want to say bothered me, but it, it, it was different for me going like when we would, like I remember maybe a few years back, like at Toronto, Schmetz was like, all right, we're going with five in the back. And I, I struggled with it because it kind of creates some like weird moments where like you don't know who's supposed to step. You know what I mean? You feel like when you play with four in the back and you have two traditional center backs, you kind of know like your lane, like, OK, I'm responsible for this. Um, but when you add another person in there, it kind of can create some confusion. Um, but but that being said, I think I think the guys who are on the field last night or have done it so far this season have it dialed perfectly. It doesn't seem like there's any miscommunication and everyone kind of knows their role and, and when you're doing it right and when you have the outside backs obviously who can who can get up and down who have the work rate to do that um this it's tough to break down as evidenced by you know how few goals they've given up this year you're saying that when you're playing four in the back you kind of if you're thinking of the field vertically the left back has their kind of quarter of the field right left center back has their quarter right right side has their quarter right but in a three back system you're almost thinking about Yes, the left back now has to sometimes drop all the way into the corner to cover while the left winger has to drop back into that center back role. So there just seems to be more rotation. And I think last yeah. night you saw Ariaga a little bit lost, right, Steve? I think we, we yeah. both saw that too, is when to step, when do I just drop back and keep the their attacking midfielder or whoever it is that comes into that space as wide as possible, just wait for cover. Because a yeah. four-back system, you tend to always have cover and three in the back. Like, if you get beat, it's basically just a one-on-one -on -one to goal at that point. So yeah. trying right. to figure out that pressure-cover balance is still something I think, um, especially Ariaga needs to work on. And I, I think he's better suited as just a center, like this, the one in the center back. Agreed. If he's going to last-ditch defend, like, let him be that last guy. Because there were times where he got pulled into the channel, especially on Steph's fantastic save. You know, he's supposed to pressure the ball there. And instead, he lets, um, yeah. I don't know who it was out there, but he lets them turn, have space. He puts his hand behind his back because he thinks they're going to cross. And then it's a short one he doesn't pressure. So I think, yes, they're doing awesome. 
But at the same time, of course, we can always improve. But I think to Chad's point is, I think for Ariaga, there's still something missing um, in that three-back system that maybe he's not really used to. Um, but he wasn't supposed to play as a left back in that game uh, or a left center back. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, I, I wanted this for you too, because Brad, you play center back as well. Because in my position, yes, on the pitch, you communicate and you talk, but it's not that critical for me. I can talk to the left back, hey, pass me the ball, do this and that. I feel like center backs, you always are head on a swivel, always talking. The language part of it, Chad, you played with Roman um, a few times, or Kim Kihi as well. I know you, I know you can't speak any of those languages. No. Um, <laughs> 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 What's the communication? How do you say, you know, step or come inside? How do you communicate that? Yeah, I remember, I remember playing in between Kim and Nuhu, and I'm like, dude, what do I say right now? <laughs> well, you kind of just have to have, like, the, you know, the mannerisms, like the just be loud. It kinda, you kind of know... <laughs> <laughs> based on the volume of your of your voice like what you want to have happen but uh yeah it's it can be it can be difficult when you get four different languages on the back line you just yeah just 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 loud noises they <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty, pretty much just grunts and like yeah I love how pundits are always talking about how like, oh, yeah, you guys are communicating in the language of soccer as if it's like this real like secret thing that you all know about. And apparently it's not. Apparently you just grunt at each other and figure it out. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of yelling. I'm, it's a good thing I was never like mic'd up for a game or I would I'd have a lot less friends and fans. Yeah. Brad will That's... tell you the number of times I. I, I remember you MF, mostly, yeah. mostly. <laughs> and we talked about this last night. Chad and I were texting, but. um I just remember you mostly screaming at Christian when he would come on as a sub because Christian just looked lost as a defensive midfielder and Chad would just scream at him. Christian. <laughs> <laughs> and now it's like, I you see him as an attacking, you have to get him up the field because he's so dangerous in front of yeah. goal and just get him away from our goal. Right. But now, now he's, now he's so much better because he's learned. Oh so yeah. Much. He's, he's in crazy. One of the best midfielders in the league. The uh, one thing I mind. remember from, converting to a center back and Steve this is to your point is mm -hmm. I didn't realize like you said your head is on a swivel yeah. and even playing midfield for so long when I went into center back the next day I could not figure out why my neck was so sore because <laughs> it was constant um like this the whole entire game and I wasn't really used to it and it took like four or five games of 90 minutes to uh, it was so bizarre I couldn't figure out what was wrong with my neck but because it was like in the weird muscles and I was and then I was certain that it was because it was just a different you're constantly looking left, looking right to make sure that your line is all together. Right. Which is constant for a center back. Yeah. It is yeah. what you do 90 percent of the time. Defending maybe only happens like 10 percent of the game. Right. But most of the time you're just trying to keep good shape and communicate, like you said. Yeah. And yes, there's some last ditch defending. But even as a midfielder, yes, you're looking over your shoulder, but it's pretty periodic. Because yeah. you're mostly just taking snapshots, whereas center back, it is a constant. Because if your line is messed up, right, Chad, it's one mistake and they're in behind and it's a goal and your whole game is ruined, right? You, yeah. You, they're one nothing and you look like the, you know, the the crappiest defender on the planet. So that was the most interesting difference um, to me as a defender, especially. But I never played in a three-five-two. Um, I would wonder if that real center back is better positioned to control the field a little bit more. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Um, Ch Ch Chad, I, want, I think last week, Brad, you spoke about this about how, um, Chad actually spoke about Chad about how people didn't realize how fast he was, how quick he was on the pitch. 
Yeah. And I think the first time it hit me was the US Open Cup final we played against Columbus. And I think I knocked it past Frankie Hayduk. And then I had Chad coming. I'm like, oh, this is going to be easy. One. I'm going to push the ball and then go. And then I looked and he was stride by stride with me. I'm like, what is going on? How is this guy still here? Um, Chad, here's a question I want to ask you. Do you what, first of all, do you remember your speed on FIFA? Probably not. And then secondly, did you get the credit for how fast you got? You actually so quick. Do you feel fast? I, I felt, I felt quick. I felt like, I feel like with most people, like that first, that first 20, 30 yards, I could hang. But like, if you got me in, like once, <laughs> once you're like supposed to keep that stride, you know, like I, I always struggled with that. Like I always felt like I was needed to be going faster, you know, rather than just maintaining that. So it gets, it got a little wonky and ugly <laughs> if I had to full stride out, but I felt like 20, 30 yards, I, I could, I could hang. Maybe not with the Steve Zakawanis of the world, but I could, do, I could hold my own. I think, I, I think Chad is the most athletic person yeah. I've ever seen. Yeah. Because I've like in terms of playing any sport, just like the most athletic for sure. Throwing a football, throwing a baseball, shooting a basketball, playing tennis, whatever it is, the guy can do it all. Dance, he's an incredible dancer. There's just something about <laughs> that brain. <laughs> even though he's big right he still has just like that that brain that can really just control his body um, but that i mean you spent a lot of time in the gym and and working on it. it's not like it's yes it's natural but you spent a lot of time in the gym in the off season like working on that explosiveness and power yeah and i think i think when i really really dedicated my off seasons to like lifting heavy yeah. i like i feel like later in my career I almost felt like I was faster than when I was younger like I, I just just felt more powerful in the base I don't know doing the doing the deadlifts I thought just like really helped me hex bar deadlifts in the offseason were like my my go-to and I, I just loved it and I just I just felt like it really benefited me you know coming into a season I think that's the hardest part about playing soccer though especially for the Sounders it's it's I don't think fans understand how easy it is playing for other teams that don't make the playoffs uh, every single year that don't make MLS cup every single year, right? If you think about the extra games that the Sounders have played and, and the extra, um, yeah. or, or I guess the lack of extra off season days to yeah. work on your strength, the Sounders are so far behind uh, mm -hmm. when it comes to like off season recovery and off season strength training. Um, yeah. Just thinking about, you know, I, I remember a time where it was December 10th, and then January third, back in national team camp, it's like yeah. you have. Yeah, I was just no, gonna say that. Yeah, we had, we had no three time. weeks that year. It's crazy. Yeah, you have no time to build strength. Where other sports, some other sports get five, six months to yeah. you know build strength and explosiveness. And yes, it looks awesome on TV because they are so explosive and they make these incredible fast plays and and knocking over guys. But the length of the season for for the Sounders is just it's really, really hard to build yeah. that proper strength. Yeah, um, that's, that's a great point. Um, Keely, we can chit-chat all day. Um, do we have yeah. any questions that came in? Um, no, because everyone was just super stoked to have Chad on here that we just <laughs> oh. didn't even need the questions. Oh, that's it. We can just keep going. Yeah, we can just keep going. Um, Chad, should Christian get more of a national team look? Yes. I, I, don't, I don't get it. Like, yeah. I, I rate this dude so, so high. I, I texted him before before the start of the season, I'm like, dude, I need an MLS best 11 season out of you. Like, I, I really think he's on, he's on that level. Like, yeah. um, so I, I just don't know if it's like the, the system with the national team. Cause I feel like he plays his best when he kind of is allowed 
you know, that freedom to, to move around and, and do his thing to, to swarm. And I feel like when he gets in that system, maybe he's, maybe he's nervous initially because he's still, you know, young and, and newer to the national team. But I think the more he's in there and involved and gets comfortable, I think like sky's the limit for this, for this dude. I, I really, I really think he's MLS best 11 material. Yeah. But Chad, you should know better than anyone is yeah. even if you're playing fantastic, the national team doesn't come calling. So for you, what was the situation? I mean, yeah. I get asked still by, you know, people here in Seattle, like, wait, why wasn't Chad called up to the national team more? Why didn't he go to the world cup? And I, I actually don't know the answer to that. Um, sometimes I would speculate, yes, it was Bob Bradley didn't, didn't like him or, um, yes, there were good players in front of him, but what do you think was the real reason? And is that the same reason why Christian isn't getting called up consistently or, or that Greg sees, you know, Jackson Ewell over him or other players starting over him? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the tough thing about it, right? It's like you you could feel and everyone can can feel like this guy, you know, deserves to be there or get an opportunity, but it's really, it's one coach, when one coach's opinion of you that, that really matters. Right. And if you don't, if you don't fit the way he sees the game and then you don't get called in, like I, Bob, Bob had me in, I feel like the last, the last two years of, of Bob uh, being coach of the national team, I, I was involved. I did, I did my hamstring like right before, the, the world cup camp for, for 2010. So I never, I did, I, of course I wasn't going to turn down an invitation to go to the camp, but I really wasn't fit enough. And I kind of knew that how it was going to go. And I, and I, you know, I obviously it was one of the last cuts, but then, you know, once Jurgen, I, I mean, I never had a conversation with Jurgen, not one, not one. So I don't, I don't know, I guess, I guess I just didn't fit the way he played. I also had the opportunity to go to, to Germany and I chose to come back to MLS. So I don't know if he, was aware of that and figured, Oh, I'm not serious enough for, for him or for the team. So I, I really don't know. I, <laughs> I asked myself the, the same questions, but yeah. I don't know. Eventually you just have to acknowledge that you're not part of it and, and move on. Well, lucky for you, we have Jurgen Klinsman on the line. Chad, you don't want it enough, Chad. Surprise. <laughs> um, Ch Chad, were your best years with Columbus or with the Sounders? Because I, because I, I, I asked. Here's why I asked before you go. I went through my top five sounders of all time. I put you in the top five for me. So I think you had some amazing years here. Because there was one year, I think 2014. I thought you had a magnet in your head. Because every corner kick you would score, it seemed like you're gonna score. You, the ball always seemed to find your head on every offensive set piece. Should have had 12 seen, goals that year. I've never seen anyone so dominant. <laughs> I'm like, this guy is so dominant in the air, and you know, you would obviously. You were holding down at the back while Clint and Oba were doing their thing up top. That team you guys had that year was fantastic. But you also I played against you many times with Columbus. You were really good in Columbus. So I wonder for you, which which Chad was better, Sounders Chad or Columbus Chad? I think I think Sounders Chad probably because like we alluded to earlier, that's when I like really started getting after it in the off season, like like lifting and really trying to be the best Chad that I could be. <laughs> um, but yeah. And it was also, it's, I mean, just the, the teammates that you had and you, like you had no choice, but to, to raise your level and be good. You know, like if you didn't show up on a practice day, like Boba's going to make you look pretty dumb, you know? Um, and it was just such a good team. Like you, no one wanted to let each other down. Like, I, but yeah, I, I mean, I had some, I had some good years in, in Columbus, but 
I think I think the best years of my career were definitely towards the end there with Seattle. Yeah, oh eight oh nine, they they were fun years. Um, but yeah, I just I don't know throwing a Seattle podcast like a, a, a juice <laughs> Seattle, you know. I just remember two thousand seven. We were both injured, playing season-ending injuries, years from concussion, and we would just play Guitar Hero and Halo until like three o'clock. We'd go to the gym because Columbus didn't have a gym in their locker room. <laughs> and we'd get smoothies and we'd say, yeah, we're going for a workout. And we'd sit in the hot tub and drink smoothies. <laughs> <laughs> and then we go to Abuelo's, the Mexican restaurant. Like Abuelo's for lunch, three or four Modelo's. <laughs> then we'd go home, not much to eat for dinner. Chad would go to the store, come back with a 12-pack of Corona. And, Some Frosted Flakes. And cereal. <laughs> And that was our life. And then turn around the next year, you win Defender of the Year, Defender of the Year, and two supporter shields at MLS MLS Cup. Yeah. How how can you predict soccer? Um, Speaking of, so now Steph gets injured. um, Jordy gets injured. Roman Torres does a a ACL on that field. I I hate that field. I got a concussion back-to-back, smack in the face by Clarence Goodson. Oh, that's right. in San Jose, I cracked a rib two minutes into the game. It's like, and someone mentioned O'Brien White got injured in San Jose too back in the day. So I don't know what's going on with that with that pitch or what's going on there. Is it cursed? But now the Sounders have to move on. Let's say hypothetically, depending on the result from, you know, an image from Steph and obviously Jordy, but Steph, the biggest piece, um, if that's a loss for the Sounders, how do you move forward in the locker room as a defender, uh, as a leader of the team? And, um, you know, you're only five games into the season and something like that happens. Yeah. I mean, that's, it's tough. I mean, for, for me, you know, Steph's the best goalkeeper in the league. So there's no, there's no replacing him. It's just everyone has to give that extra 5%. And it's the next man up uh, kind of philosophy, which is, I know, cliche to say, but I think Schmetz is, does a great job of that, of, of demanding from, from everyone, n- no matter what the situation is to, to, to give your best. And, and I'm sure he'll get that out of the guys because of the culture of the club. And um, yeah. And it's, it's gotta be looked at uh, as an opportunity instead of, I mean, obviously <laughs> it sucks not to have Steph out there. I mean, he's, he's the best, um, but it's it's the next man up kind of thing, and it's going to be an opportunity for for a young guy to get minutes, and and we'll see what he can do with it. All right, it to me it's different when it's a goalkeeper. Like we've done things without you know, and this isn't a slight on anyone, but you know we lost Steve for a season. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a season where I missed <clears throat> twenty plus games. Uh, there was a season where we lost Clint. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've gone now without Nico for a bit, a season without Jordan gotten results. To me, it's different when it's a goalkeeper. That's such a vital, vital piece. I don't know if anyone steps up and makes that save in the first half like he does. Right. Um, so that, that to me is a little bit worrisome moving forward for the, for this group. Yeah. And but, what he's asked to do like possession wise out of the back, I don't think anyone's just going to step into that and it's going to be the same. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that it'll be a it'll be a big decision whether you, you try and play the same way, playing out of the back, uh, with a young goalkeeper, or if it's just no, this is this is what we do, like figure it out kind of thing. I can I can see Schmetz going both ways. With it. Mm-hmm. Chad, there was there was a lot of eyebrows raised when we started to hear that Nuhu's going to start playing centre back 
uh, especially in the back three as well. And we've all held our hands up and said, he's been unbelievable. Um, could you have seen him back when, you, when he was young and erratic and wanting to sprint up the field every time? Could you have seen him being a disciplined lockdown defender? Yeah, I think I think Schmetz has yelled at him enough over the last <laughs> five years that um, he gets it. But yeah, that's it's it's cool to cool to see him in that role because man, I remember yelling at <laughs> yelling at him so much during the game. No, just stay. Come on, there's one minute left. Oh, okay, Chad. And then as soon as he gets the opportunity, just boom, just he's at that other corner flag already. But yeah, it's cool to see. I mean, he's such a lockdown defender. You could see. The transition, like you could see how it would be easier for him just to be a be a lockdown center back. Obviously, um, it goes against a little bit of, of who he is and wanting, wanting to get forward, wanting to do some step overs. But uh, yeah, the coaching staff's done done a good job of of keeping him disciplined, and um, he's thriving. Actually, I just thought of this: how funny would it be if Nuhu's first goal on the Sounders is as a center back? <laughs> is there any other teams you looked at? Or look at now and be like, it would have been really cool to live in that city and play there. Maybe in Atlanta or an LAFC or Galaxy. I don't know. Or is there New York? I don't know if you're a New York person, but is there Cincinnati? Any <laughs> they need them. Cincinnati. Uh, no, I mean, I always, I always thought maybe it would be cool, or kind of hoped maybe it was a possibility to to play for LA, just because that's where all my all my family and friends where I grew up playing. Um, but that was really it. I. I outside of that no like and i actually would probably go the other way if i ever got traded to like houston or dallas i probably would have just called it right then you know yeah <laughs> i would i would not have made it in, in houston dude the humidity is kidding me so my <laughs> i might have just been, been it right there <laughs> brad what about you any other teams you thought you could have played up played for yeah i think red bull would have been really cool um those guys living in New York always had a <clears throat> always had great stories to tell. That would have been fun, especially those on re-days. I think that would have been cool when that stadium was actually rocking because that pitch yeah. was so nice and that stadium yeah. was awesome. That stadium was cool, yeah. It was yeah. really, really cool. Um, not in a great area, but just the setting itself was great. L.A., you know, being in college down there and going to those games, I would have um, played down there. But I think that's – yeah, that's about it. I, I don't thrive anywhere where it's hot. Um, really, <laughs> from Arizona, I, think the same thing. I think people go to these hot places as a last resort. Nobody else will take them, and so they just end up in <laughs> hot, <clears throat> hot cities. It's unfortunate. Um, Key, do you have any over and unders for Sunday or no? Uh, no, just uh, let's just do predictions for uh, versus LAFC. It's kind of yeah, tough because yeah. we don't know who's really going to be. And we, and we have no idea if Carlos Vela's playing, right? Because that changes a lot for me. It changes. Uh, okay, I'm going to assume he plays. I'm I think look Se- it up. Yeah, I think Seattle wins. Um, I think I think we have the number on Bob Bradley right now. Um, I think it, these two teams, it's always exciting. It can be something crazy like 4-2. Um, but I think Seattle probably wins like 3-1, I would say. I would think 3-1. I don't know how close Nico is to being back. If Nico plays, then I think it's a guaranteed win. But I, I'm going to go with a good home win, um, 3-1 to the Sounders. Ro- Rossi is back? Yes. Right? Yes, he yes back he's playing? back. But their defense is kind of... Yeah, still the same. A little, little sketch. Um, yeah. I, see, I, I like the th- I like the 3-1 shout. I like 3-1. Yeah. Although I'd like to... Uh, yeah, I don't know. New new goalkeeper, I'll, uh, there'll be one mishap. I'll go 3-1 Sounders. Yeah. I'm going to say a tie. I think I think the guys will be a, a little bit emotionally beat up. You know, you saw it after the game. Um, obviously, everyone was happy for Alex. 
but someone from San Jose walked up to Christian and told him something almost like, almost like he knew already what happened to Steph. And then Christian's reaction on tape, you could see it was like, Oh no. And so he, you know, walking to the locker room, I think it was probably pretty somber, no jingle bells in the locker room, I would imagine, but, but maybe, um, knowing that those guys are team players, maybe, um, I think it's an, an emotional high straight into a, a gut check. So if they can keep their emotions in check, it's still possible to get a result, but I'm going to say, uh, a tie here. I have to say either a tie or win. Cause I predicted that they won't lose to an LA team this year. So. Yeah, those brands, right? Those things are tough. You go into the locker room, you won't, you won't celebrate the win um, the same. Um, Chad, last one I want to ask you because Brad and I were talking about this. We spoke about Christian not getting a credit, but also Schmetz. And Brad said it's because the way, uh, I forget the word you used, he said the way, he said, Brad said that Schmetz wore a pink velvet suit, had tattoos, did a mohawk. He'd be the most talked about coach because he's good. But because <laughs> he looks almost like a, de- could be a dentist or something. No one talks about him. You don't think he knows soccer, but he really does. Um, why doesn't Schmidt? I mean, he's won two Mbappé Cups in four years. Why doesn't he get the credit that he deserves? Yeah, I, I don't know. I think I want to say I I tweeted out something like that. I think at the end of last, like look at look at what the guy's done since he's taken yeah. over. Like how is how has he not won like a coach of the year? It's crazy. Like most wins, I think. Yeah, as a coach. If any coach like in an interview like went in and said he's going to do what Schmetz has done since he's taken over, you'd, you'd give him a blank check, you know? Like, it's it's incredible. Like, and for him to not get the the recognition or – what was he even up? Was he even a finalist for, for a coach? Has he been a finalist? Not, like, not, obviously, he hasn't won one yet, but has he been a finalist for one? It's it's insane that he, that he hasn't. I guess I guess it's because maybe the way some of the seasons have gone, it's been the late run. So it's not like sustained success across. It's kind of been like a late go on the, you know, the sounder run that that's, that's hurt him a little bit in in the award category. But yeah, I I, I don't get it. Like what what he's done in these five years is, is incredible. I agree completely. Um, Chad, always a pleasure, man. Welcome back on anytime. Anytime, honestly. Um, it's so, so fun chatting with you. Um, hope retirement's going well. Sounds like it, apart from today with a tree and all of that. Yeah, um, I hope, hopefully I, I'll watch this back and remember what I said with my concussion. So. <laughs> yeah, maybe like sit in like a dark room and like shut the light off. And... Yeah, cold, dark room. I did mm-hmm. that. <laughs> um, welcome back anytime. Brad, anything else? No, that's it, man. Uh, excited for the, for the LAFC game and get geared up. Yep. Fans, as always, tune in this Sunday. Um, Sounders against LAFC will be on the radio covering it. It's a national TV game as well. It's a big one. Um, great week for the Sounders. Wins away to Portland. Wins away to San Jose. Uh, we'll be back next Thursday. Next Thursday, back hopefully recapping another win. What a start to the season. It's a side-by-side. We'll talk to you guys soon. Peace.